There's something we studied not too long ago, but it came up in our Bible study, uh, this uh, first Bible study of this month, the first Wednesday of the month. And uh, many things come up, and sometimes we get it, this many things come up, we don't really address all of them. But uh, this one I'd like to take another look at, because when you, when you first read it, uh, you may wonder what, it's, what it is really talking about. But this is about uh, a vineyard, and I'll go ahead and talk a little about it before we read it, but there's a lot written about it, actually. It's a, it's a parable. In the, in the New Testament, it is a parable about a vineyard, and of course, God being the owner uh, of this vineyard, but he leases it out for somebody to, to bear fruit and so forth. And that uh, somebody was Israel. And uh, Israel uh, didn't do these things, and they began to, uh, uh, Israel, you know, kill the prophets, and that's what it shows in this, in this parable, uh, even killed the son, Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot written about it, if we, and we'll probably do a lot of reading, and hopefully we can see kind of how it all connects together. Uh, it's in the Gospels, uh, it's in the prophets uh, write about it, uh, even in Apostle Paul's writing talks about being grafted in and, and taken out and grafted back in and everything. So uh, I think it's very interesting, yet a, a little bit hard, maybe at face value, to, to really understand. So in Luke chapter 20 is where we will start on this. And again, this came up as a question in the Bible study. What did this, what did this mean? And again, a lot written on it. We also know, and we'll talk about tonight, Lord willing, that... Uh, that the Lord does give Israel a temporary bill of divorcement. And during that time, that's what we call the church age, or the age of the churches. And then uh, the church is taken out. We'll look at, call it, I don't mind calling it the rapture. Church is taken out. And then he goes back and he takes Israel back then as his wife. So, uh, again, there's a lot here. So Luke chapter 20, and let's start in verse 9. Then began he to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and leased it or led it to, the Bible may say tenants or husbandmen, I'm not sure which I'll say, but, uh, or farmers, and leased it unto tenants and went to a far country for a long time. So I believe this is talking about uh, our God certainly being the owner of this and uh, this was left to Israel, and uh, well, let's, let's read a little more, and I think it'll, it'll show that. Verse 10, and at the season he sent a servant to the husbandmen that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyards. But the husbandmen beat him and sent him away empty. So they beat the servant. Verse 11 and again, he sent another servant, and they beat him also, and treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty. And again, he sent a third, and they wounded him also, and cast him out. Of course, you know, Israel killed the prophets and everything. We see that in the scripture. So again, this is a parable, and it's all pointing to that. Uh, how Israel killed the prophets and so forth. And there was no, no fruit from this vineyard uh, as well. Verse 13. 
Then said the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence him when they see him. But when the husbandmen, tenants, farmers, saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? So we know that uh, Israel uh, uh, killed the prophets that the Lord would send. We know they killed his son. They crucified him, Jesus Christ. This was Israel. Uh, and again, this parable shows this, and we'll, we'll read it in the, in the prophets as well. Verse 15, So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? He shall come and destroy these tenants. He shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. So he says, he's going to give this vineyard to others. Well, this, this is what brings in the church age. He gives Israel a temporary bill of divorcement, sets them aside, and we bring in the church age. And that's what this is all about, what this is teaching. Uh, he's he, uh, uh, going to give it to others, again, for a period of time. 17, and he beheld them and said, what is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. So certainly Israel uh, rejected Jesus Christ. But on the church, he's the head cornerstone of the church age. Now, all this, all this was part of the Lord's plan. It, it, there wasn't a, a uh, it wasn't going to be that Israel uh, kept and was a good uh, uh, husband and everything like that. It was ordained that this would, Israel would be this way and that they would be uh, uh, set aside and the church age would come in. So this is all part of, uh, of God's plan. Uh, and then, let's see, verse 19. And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him. But they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. And certainly he did, of course, uh, against Israel and the, and the scribes and the Pharisees and so forth, telling them this. They didn't really understand, but this is, this is all going to be taken away. You're going to be set aside, put out for a season. And again, that's, that brings in the church age. For a season, the church will be raptured out and then back to Israel for, I believe, a short time then. So uh, let's read this in Matthew chapter uh, 12. And we see this, it's recorded in three of the Gospels and they're slightly different. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, did I say 12? I don't know. Matthew 21. It'll be Mark 12 when we go there. Matthew 21 and verse 33. Here another parable. 
There was a certain householder who planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenant farmers or husbandmen or tenants and went to a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the farmers or tenants, husbandmen, that they might receive of the fruits of it. And the farmers took his servants and beat one, killed another, stoned another. And again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same unto them. And again, you know, over and over, Israel would kill the prophets. Verse 37, But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the farmers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord therefore the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those farmers, husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will lease his vineyard unto other farmers, who shall render him the fruits in their season. Again, that's when we come to the church age again. Israel's taken out, and the church is brought in, and, and the Lord's church does bear the fruit. The Lord produces it through the Holy Spirit, and, and we only bear that fruit by His grace. 42, Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. There again, Israel, they rejected the stone. They didn't see, it just didn't fit the way they thought that it should fit. But in the church, they had cornerstone. Precious, valuable. To Israel, they didn't see any need. They didn't see any place for him. He's a Beelzebub. Uh, 43. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits of it. There again, there's a transition from Israel to the age of the churches. And whatsoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But whomsoever it shall, uh, it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard this parable, they perceived that he spoke of them. Didn't understand, but they, they thought that he, he spoke of them. So this is a little different, but I think each one adds something to it. A little clearer. Israel wasn't bearing this fruit. And again, this is all part of God's sovereign plan. He set them aside. He threw them out. Brought in another. Because they, 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 they persecuted the prophets. They killed his son. But he brought in another, and again, that's the age of the churches. And it seems to be so clear. Now let's go to Mark chapter 12 and read the same thing. But again, I think we glean just a little bit from each one of them. And, and when I first read this, you know, I, I thought, well, what does this mean? But I think it's very clear what it's pointing to. Mark 12, verse 1. 
And he began to speak unto them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard, set a hedge about it, and dug a place for the winepress, and built a tower, and leased it to tenants, and went into a far country. And at the season he sent uh, to the tenants a servant, that he might receive from the tenants of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him, and beat him, and sent him away empty. And again he sent unto them another servant, uh, and at him they cast stones and wounded him in the head and sent him away shamefully handled. And again he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, bearing some and, 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 and or beating some and killing some. Having yet therefore one son, we know that's typifying his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Having yet there one son, his well-beloved, he sent him at last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. Again, it is a parable. But those tenants or farmers or husbandmen, whatever word you want to use, said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. And inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and will give the vineyard unto others. Again, what a beautiful picture of the transition from the age of Israel to the age of the churches. Verse 10. Have you not read the scripture, the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay, uh, lay hold on him, but feared the people, for they knew uh, that he had spoken the parable against them, and they left him and went their way. So it says here, and, and this was the Lord's doing. So even Israel, this was, this was all part of God's sovereign plan. Israel, and they would be put aside temporarily. He'd put them out of this vineyard give them a temporary bill of divorcement and bring in the age of the churches where the stone was, was rejected of Israel but yet precious in the age of the churches. So, um, you know, it says give, give to another there. And let's go to Isaiah now. We'll go to some of the prophets. Isaiah chapter 5. And again, there's a lot written on this and much more than I'm sure that I see. Isaiah chapter 5. So we read in the gospel in the New Testament. Now we're reading of the prophets. Isaiah 5 and... Starting in verse 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. And he dug it and gathered out the stones, planted it with the choicest vines, built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress in it. And he looked for it to bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes wasn't fruitful 
3. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judea, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why, when I looked, uh, looked for it to bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. So why, why wasn't there fruit brought forth here? Well, this is Israel, and this is God's plan. This is God's marvelous plan. But yet we see they didn't. And, and again, they, they, they killed and they beat the, the prophets and so forth, and even, even the son. Uh, verse 5. And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be eaten up. And break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain uh, no rain upon it. So again, as far as Israel, it's becoming desolate. Their house is becoming desolate. And again, bringing in of the age of the churches. And it gets typified in so many ways. So he's, he's going to give that garden, have someone else tend that garden, tend that uh, uh, vineyard, uh, at least temporarily. And now in Jeremiah chapter 3, we, we, you know, we talk about the Lord giving them a bill of divorcement. And whenever I say that, I always say a temporary bill of divorcement because we know he takes it back after the age of the churches. He takes her back. So Jeremiah chapter 3, not speaking necessarily uh, the same way as the vineyard, but uh, go to verse 8, dealing with Israel. Or, or uh, Yeah, verse 8. Jeremiah 3 and 8. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery. You know, they committed adultery with all the, the gods of the other nations. I had put her away and given her a bill of divorcement. That's just like when he says, I'll, I'll take the vineyard and I'll give it to somebody else. There was no fruit bearing there. said, I had put her away and given her a bill uh, of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass, through the likeness of her harlotry, that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with trees. Again, this is with the, the gods that they made and the other nations and so forth. And yet for all this treacherous, uh, all this, uh, treacherous sister, Judah had not turned unto me with her whole heart, but feignedly saith the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words towards the north, and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith unto the Lord, and I will cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. So he's uh, giving her a temporary bill of divorcement. He's going to take her back. Again, as the rapture takes place and the church age comes uh, to a close. Verse 14 Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, I am married unto you. 
I will take you one of the city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass, when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember, neither shall they miss it, neither shall uh, that be done any more. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. So this, he's taking Israel back. But now, as we are in this church age, he takes his vineyard, takes it away, but puts them out of it. Brings in the church age, the age of the churches. And now they are bearing fruit in, in this place. But again, he will be taking Israel back. But he takes the church out. Uh, in... Uh, he does give them this temporary bill of divorcement. In, in Luke chapter 13, real quick, let's back to the gospel again. And I hope you can see how all these things are, are talking about the same thing. And each one giving just a little more clarification uh, than the other. Luke 13 and uh, 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets. What they did to the farmers uh, and, and the husbandry of the vineyard, wasn't it? O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So their house becomes de desolate. His spirit, you know, before he would, he would send different prophets and his spirit with different men, different than it is in, in the age of the churches with the comfort in the church, it was with different individuals back then. And one would die and give it to another. And sometimes he'd take it away while they were alive. But he said, uh, uh, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets. Again, just this perfect picture of the vineyard. Perfect picture of what Israel did. And let's read one more while we're here in, in Matthew chapter 23. Again, I hope we can see all, how all this is talking about the same thing. And uh, uh, certainly the different ages, the age of Israel, the church age, the taking out of the church, and then back to Israel again. Matthew 23 and verse 31. Matthew 23 and 31. Wherefore, ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye are the sons of them who killed the prophets. Fill up then the measures of your fathers. Ye serpents and generations of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes 
And some of them you shall kill and crucify. Some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel and to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barachiah, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them who are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chicks uh, under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So he will once again. But you know, Israel, even the prophets and so forth, they would... Uh, they would call the prophets to come and prophesy something. They'd be going to battle or something and come and prophesy for us. They didn't want the truth. They said, prophesy to us sweet words. That's what we want here. We don't necessarily want the truth. Prophesy to us sweet words. And if they didn't prophesy what they wanted, they would kill them and they would beat them. They would mistreat them. So we see here that Israel, their house has become desolate. He's given a temporary bill of divorcement. And he's given his land now to the age uh, of the churches. So he can take out and put in. Now let's go in, in, in Romans chapter 11. So we looked at the uh, prophets and we looked at the gospels. Now, uh, no, none less the word of God. through the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, to us, Romans chapter 11. And this is talking about the same thing. Romans 11 and uh, verse 17, maybe. And if some of the branches be broken off, and talking about the olive tree, and some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. You know, boasting, there's no boasting for us anywhere. It said, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. That will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. So yes, Israel was broken off. The church age was put in. But again, it was because of what Israel did, of course. But again, this is all God's plan. There was no chance that the church age wouldn't take place. This was all uh, ordained and preordained of God. Uh, let's see, where did I leave off? Verse 21. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them who fell. Severity 
but towards thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou, shalt, uh, thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. And certainly he will graft Israel in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature, and to a good olive tree, how much more shall these who are natural branches be grafted into their uh, own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So the fullness of the Gentiles, again, that's the church age. And again, and the fullness is when the church age has ended. We have the rapture, and then he takes Israel back then. Uh, so a, a divorce or ungrafted until the church age is fulfilled. And uh, we might have a couple minutes uh, Let's, let's look where that takes place in 1 Thessalonians. When uh, we start to see the end of the church age, and he's going to graft Israel back in again. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we see this. Uh, spoken of... Uh, Verse 13, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Of course, he's, realize he's talking to the, the age of the churches, the church age saints here. And he says, uh, if, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, said, so will you. Uh, 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not proceed to prevent them who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And we do comfort one another as we talk about the rapture. But as we talk about this rapture or this particular resurrection, if you don't want to use the word rapture. But as we talk about this, this brings an end to the age of the churches. So we had the age of Israel. He put her aside, give her a temporary bill of divorcement, put her out of the vineyard, going to give that vineyard to somebody else. And that somebody else is the age of the churches. And now we see the age of the churches coming to an end as he raptured the church out. And this is when he takes Israel back. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, talking about the, the same thing. In verses 1, again, this is talking about that... Uh, that rapture, and I don't mind using the word rapture. Uh, it, it talks about this certain event. Second uh, Thessalonians two, and starting verse one. Again, this is bringing the end to the church age when he would take Israel back again. 
Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together to him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us at the day of the Lord is present. So, you know, they thought, okay, he's coming right then. He said, no, it's not, not coming right then. There's something, he's going to give us something. We'll know. We'll know uh, it can't take place until something else takes place. Verse 3, Lo, man, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, that day when he calls the church out and those saints, that day when he, the church age ends, that day can't come except something has to take place first. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, that day that ends the church age, shall not come except there come the falling away first. And there's a uh, big debate. Is that the falling away of the truth? Or is that the falling away of the saints? Is that the falling away of the Holy Spirit? Is that the falling away of the church? And the answer is yes. All those things together, you can't have any of them. Separate. They all go together. He will not. He told his church, he says, I'm going to wave. He says, I won't leave you comfortless. So this comforter is not going to go away unless he takes the church age saints out as well. Um, let me read three again. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come the falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, uh, so that he is as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself he is. Remember you not, when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know what restraineth? That he might be revealed in this time? So you know, so I've told you, you know what, you know why, what restraineth this. You, you know why this man of sin is not revealed at this time. There's something has to take place first. And he says, I've, I've told you about it. And now you know what restraineth. Everyone doesn't know. That he might be revealed in this, in this time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And even now. Only he who now hindereth will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed who the Lord... Well, I'll just stop there. But he says, you know, something has to, something has to be taken out of the way before this uh, uh, man of sin, be the son of perdition, uh, be revealed. Something has to take place first. He has to take the comforter out. That's what the he is, by the way. It says, only he who hindereth will continue to hinder. That he is the Holy Spirit we can, or as the comforter. And you can read about John 14, 15, 16. And uh, I will try to refrain from doing that because we do it a lot because I love. And, buddy, I know you love the thoughts of the comforter that leads God and directs us into all truth. Well, if he takes the comforter out, then there's nothing here to lead God and direct into all truth. But he told his church, I won't leave you comfortless. I won't leave you comfortless. So this ending of the age of the churches 
will take place, and it takes place when the comforter is taken out, at the same time the church is taken out, because he won't take the comfort out and leave the church comfortless. So this all takes place. So this will end the age of the churches. And this is when he will, uh, again, go back to Israel and so forth and take Israel back. Uh, Isaiah 26. Let's go back there. So we, I know we've read a lot of scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, gospel, uh, and other things as well. Isaiah 26. And uh, Isaiah 26 and 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be past. This is the rapture. He takes the church out. He doesn't leave the church here. He takes her out. He says, come. My people, enter thou into thy chambers. The church is not going to go through this on the earth. And shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment. As this great tribulation is carried out. Until the indignation be passed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more uh, cover her stain. So that's talking about the great tribulation period. But he takes his wife out first. He takes the bride out first as well. Uh, a scripture, I won't go read it. And I, I have intentions of, of teaching on the Song of Solomon sometime. Um, I don't think we'll break it down verse by verse because right now the Lord hasn't given me that knowledge. But as we look at the whole thing, the tone of things, which we have talked about before, but in, in, uh, in Song of Solomon there, one verse says, Rise up, my love, my fair one, come away. That's the rapture. That's the calling out uh, of his bride, uh, the bride of Jesus Christ. And we read... About when the, uh, uh, the Lord was taken up there in Acts. And, and when he was taken up, said the clouds received him, you know, up in the sky and everything. They were all standing there looking. And they said, what are you gazing at? I said, he's going to come back in the same way. Now, some people are not looking for him to come back in the clouds of the air. Some think when he comes back to the earth and plants on the earth, that's when he comes back, his eyes of flame of fire and the sword and so forth like that. But he's not coming back for his bride that way. He's coming back to his bride in the clouds of the air. That's what, we, that's what the rapture will be. That's what we'll look for. Not, not, not this fiery judgment and everything like that. Um, so that's how he's coming back for his church. He takes the church out. We go back to the great tribulation period and Israel and everything like that. Uh, and then Revelation chapter 19 Revelation 19. So as he takes her out, he comes back. He doesn't come back to the earth. He calls her up to meet him in the clouds of the air to take out his bride. And when he says, come away 
for a season, as if it be for a moment. He's, she's up in glory. And all this great tribulation is taking place here on the earth. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7, I believe, we'll go to first. Revelation uh, 19, 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice. And this is a scene in heaven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So this is a marriage that takes place in glory while what's going on down the earth. This great tribulation is going on down the earth. This marriage is taking a place uh, up in glory. And then, if we go over to verse 11, we see that she comes back with him at this battle of Armageddon. Uh, verse 11, 1911. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and Righteousness doth he just judge and make war. Well, we know who that is. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were, fire, were uh, many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So here he's coming back to fight this battle of Armageddon. But that's not how he comes back to, uh, to take his bride out. See, she comes back with him here. Look at verse 14. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. We just read, how was the bride dressed? Fine linen, white and clean. She comes back with him as he fights this battle of Armageddon. So this parable uh, of the vineyard, we have Israel. God's, God has this vineyard. We have Israel. And he comes back for fruit, but there's not fruit. And he sends uh, his uh, uh, prophets and everything. They kill the prophets and they beat the prophets. And then he sends his son. And they kill and they beat his son. And then he takes them out. He takes Israel out. He drives them out. He's going to give to somebody else. And that's the age of the churches. And then when the church is raptured out, then he goes back to Israel, and we have these things that take place upon the earth. Uh, may the Lord bless the speaking of his word. Dismissed.